All right. So welcome. Welcome. So today, guys, we have something special for you guys. We're going to talk about Tom Brady and Giselle's divorce. You know, those guys are worth, what, $700 million? $700 million collectively. I think Tom Brady is worth two, $250 and Giselle a whopping $400 million. But they're getting the divorce. And I want to talk about how that divorce affects Tampa Bay and, and area and the, the nation at large from a business perspective. So we're not going to be talking about the, you know, who said and who did what. And we're keeping it straightly, straight business. I want to talk about a couple of things. One is from a business perspective, has, has it affect the, our area? Being here in a Tampa Bay area, you know, uh, a lot of things revolve around football and Tom Brady is the face of football in Tampa Bay. I want to talk about from a, um, a tourism perspective, is that, is that something that it has affected us? From a mental perspective, is from a legal perspective, and then from a branding perspective. And we have the best panel on the planet that's going to be in this live stream to discuss that. So let's bring them up. Welcome, welcome. So we have Kathy. We have, uh, actually, I'm going to let you guys introduce yourself. I want you, if you could do a little bit of, of intro, tell us about what you do on a day-to-day -day life, and then we're going to get right into the show. Go ahead, Kathy, start off. Hey there, David. Thanks for having me on the show tonight. I'm Kathy Times, and I'm an Emmy Award-winning storyteller. I own a public relations business, and I'm also an executive coach, and I help individuals and organizations do four things, assess, define, communicate, and activate the wow in their authentic brand story so that they can reach next-level success in their strategic goals. Awesome. Awesome. So to um, my left... We have Natasha, go ahead. Thank you so much for having me. I'm Natasha Pierre, a mental health educator and a mindset coach. I also share openly about my 20 plus year journey living with a mental illness. And I am excited to contribute to this conversation and to be with all of you today. Welcome, welcome. And then we have the beautiful and very, very, very talented, Adrienette. Go ahead. All right. Good afternoon, everybody. My name is Adrienne Holland. Uh, I am a family mediator in the Tampa area. Um, I'm also a licensed attorney, um, and I'm looking forward to this super interesting conversation. And you're first up. So being a licensed attorney, I want to talk about a couple things here. First, I want to play a clip, and I want you to respond to this clip, okay? Uh-oh. <laughs> By the way, guys, I don't believe in, in scripting anything. So uh, these ladies and other people that's going to be joining the panel, I, I didn't tell them. I didn't, I didn't tell them anything. I told them the topic, and, but I want to get their, their genuine reaction. I don't want to have, like, that stage, you know, I, I prepared all week to answer this one question. I, I don't want any of that. What I want is, is that their take, because to me, I have very strong opinions that may not be what the opinion is for the panel. And what I want to have is, is that from a, a, 
a personal point of view and then a professional point of view. How do you feel about it? So let's go get right into it. And we're going to play this clip and we're going to have the lawyer talk about it. I want to make sure that I'm going to skip around because we, we don't want to have copyright strikes. So right. we cannot play music. And if it's there music playing, guess what? I'm going to stop it immediately. Let me, let me skip past the music. We have um, a commercial starting. Okay. Is it going to nope. get louder? No commercials. Here we go. Parting ways and speaking about their plans for the future. Trevor All is here with that. Good morning to you. Trevor. Good morning, Eva. You know, as far as high profile divorces go, and there are no more high profile than this, this does seem to have been handled pretty quickly and privately. You know, we're talking about two world famous people. They're both believed to be worth hundreds of millions of dollars, but there had been rumblings this might happen once Tom Brady returned to football. This morning, superstar quarterback Tom Brady and supermodel Giselle Bunchin starting a new chapter apart after finalizing their divorce Friday. Brady posting to social media, we arrived at this decision amicably in with gratitude for the time we spent together. Bunch in writing, the decision to end a marriage is never easy, but we have grown apart. They were married 13 years and have two kids. Giselle also stepmother to Brady's son with his ex, Bridget Moynihan. Over the weekend, People magazine reporting Brady spent time with his children, taking them to a movie. The source told people that... All right. Now, with that little clip there, mm -hmm. what is that lawyer speak? We've grown apart. I hear that a lot. Is that something that, you know, what being a, a lawyer and, you know, you specialize in family law and really from a mitigation standpoint, right? Right. So um, it's the lawyer version of that is uh, irreconcilable differences. It's just a general... You know, it was good, but now it's not anymore. We don't need to get specific. We're just going our separate ways. What does that mean from, uh, you know, both of these guys are very high net worth, um, 250 million, 400 million. We're talking not the average people. Um, let, let's play some more, and then I want to get your take on it. On the that, you know, they have very much not had the same goal when it comes to their relationship as a couple, but they do have the same goals when it comes to their children. It's been a year of change for Brady. In February, the 45-year-old seven-time Super Bowl champ announcing he was retiring from football, saying he'd spend more time with his wife and children, only to change his mind, abruptly unretiring 40 days later. Bunchen was reportedly not happy with that decision. She's talked about this for at least five years that she wanted him to retire. And I think that, yes, reversing course and deciding you're going to prolong it kind of prolongs the, you know, what are we doing? When is this going to happen? Since then, Brady struggled on the field. His Tampa Bay Buccaneers off to Brady's worst start ever. But he told the Let's Go podcast last week he has no plans to quit midseason. All right. Let's bring everybody up. Because here, here is, I've had private conversations with all of you guys to retire and not to retire. First thing, 
across the board, chime in as you see fit. Should he retire? It depends. It depends. That's up to him. That's up to him. As someone who's been through a divorce and anyone who's been through a heartache, many times you go to work so that you don't have to think about being miserable. And for Tom Brady, now that the divorce is final, his performance may improve. All of that weighing on you, the rumor mill for months, you're trying to work through a separation, you have children, it's a big deal. You know, divorce, they say, is like a death. So first you're in denial and the rumors are out there and people are asking you questions. Where's Giselle? Oh, she's okay. When all of your friends know uh, they are planning to divorce. So magnify any breakup or divorce a hundred times. You know, I was a public figure. I was an anchor. I was president of a national organization having marital problems. Um, and you don't want the world to know what's happening. So you go to work every day as if nothing is happening. And for Tom Brady, the world got to see how this impacted him on the field. So I, you know, Tom Brady will ultimately make that decision. But now that everything's out in the open and the divorce is final, his um, performance could improve and he may stay on for an indefinite period of time. But even Tom Brady has said that um, he plans to retire soon. Right, right. So, you know, Tom Brady is, what, 45 years old or so? So uh, there is a small window that he can actually play. So retiring soon could be that his body just can't can't endure another season of football. Um, what you know, you guys in the back room didn't say that 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 oh you know I have no whatever he want. What is what do you think? Should he retire? I mean, is it? Someone actually said that it was told me that it was selfish for him to to play another year after he told his wife. That he wanted to retire. If we're being honest, and we are, this is none of our business. Let's just say that. Well, first we don't. And everything. Let's qualify that. We right. don't know. We don't know anything. We only know what what they've said, what they've shared, and what people have speculated on. So even if we wanted to say the reason why they're getting a divorce is he broke his promise, and you know, in return to to the NFL. We don't know that for sure. I'm a firm believer of drinking your water and minding your business. Do I think he should retire? I think he should retire if he wants to retire. That's it. That would be the advice that I give to an engineer, an attorney, an accountant, uh, or any other professional. If you want to retire, if you want to switch professions, that's your choice. The rest of us, we can only speculate. So that's not a decision that I can I can really speak on for him. If well, he loves it, do you it. You are a mental health professional. Mm-hmm. So let's put back on that mental health hat. Mm-hmm. Okay. There are some definitely could be some things going on mentally uh, that, you you know, is happening with not just Tom Brady, but any athlete. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in the green room that when we had this conversation, you had a bunch of things you want to talk about from minerals. So let's 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 talk about that. Let's have you a know, conversation. What could could be some of the things that he is experiencing or any athlete is experiencing uh, that um, uh, that someone goes through as they wind down their career? I think, you know, first of all, um, Kathy hit it right on the head. You know, going through a divorce is an intense grieving process. 
you are disconnecting from someone who you pledge to be with for the rest of your life. That's its own grief. That's its own mental health challenge or mental weight. And people are free to deal with it differently because, again, grief isn't, you know, isn't linear and it isn't, you know, uh, cookie cutter for for every person, people deal with it differently. You know, as athletes, being the, the heartthrob for, for so long, likely having been all his life, yeah, recognizing that, you know what, this team isn't gelling the way that I want it to, and, you know, the media and the fans have somewhat turned on me, that's a weight to carry while going through a divorce, and it's heavy. And so, you know, my... My caution for everyone is to, is to back up a bit, to remember that celebrities, athletes, all of the people that we unfortunately in our society idolize and place on pedestals, they're also human, dealing with human things that we aren't fully aware of. Right. So they are humans, but they also are a public figure. Mm-hmm. And... and but that does not take away their humanity. You know, they're still worthy of privacy. They're still worthy of space. They're still worthy of compassion, empathy. And yes, true, because of their skill, their talent, their gifting, their ability, the path that they chose, they are more public than others, but it does not disqualify them from having uh, to be able to receive compassion and, and kindness. Very much true. I want to say I am a fan. Yes. <laughs> you you know, I am a Tom Brady fan. And mm-hmm. so by no means as I, do I want to suggest that, you know, we should pile on a bash mm-hmm. or anything like that. Um, but what I want to do is I want to have a dialogue of how a male view this versus a female view the same thing. Before we get there, though, Kathy, branding from a branding standpoint. What do you? What is your take on the divorce, or does it have any effect on on his brand? That remains to be seen. Uh, it's time for Tom Brady, if he hasn't already done it, to assess the value of his brand. And who is Tom Brady without Giselle? Who is Tom Brady when he's winning? Who is Tom Brady when he's losing? What does Tom Brady really want out of his life? And so, anytime you have a personal crisis, I know in, in my in any professional or leader that you you talk to, especially those who are CEOs, there's a higher standard for you. You are expected to perform uh, no at your optimal, no matter what's going on in your life. At the same time, you do um, deserve that privacy when there really is no such thing <laughs> when you're a public figure. Uh, but he really has to assess the value of his brand. And in Michael Vick's case, um, oh my gosh, the, the, the Brady brand impacts not only him, who he is, but your city, your county, your team, endorsements. I mean, this guy is a brand, a, a huge brand. So at this stage in his life, how it impacts his brand remains to be seen. And he's surrounded by people who are tasked with helping him answer that question. You know, it's like Jay-Z says, I'm a business man. You know, yeah. he yeah. is. I don't think it's going to harm his his brand. And, and I do agree with Kathy, it remains to be seen. But Tom Brady has significant social equity, okay? He's been a good guy for most of his 
his career. I don't I don't know. I can't recall any bad press that he's ever received. He's a good looking guy. He is the All-American quarterback. I don't see there being any significant fallout unless there is a horrible story about why they were divorced that's leaked to the public. I think his brand, his brand is going to remain intact because he's still the good guy, you know, up until this year. It's easier for the world and Tom Brady fans to to <laughs> place the blame on, sadly, Giselle or on the rest of the team than it would be for them to say, yep, Tom Brady is washed up. I just don't see it. Hmm. Michael Vick. And that's oh, not sorry. fair. That's I'm not sorry. fair. And it's not fair at all. But you know, it's not fair. But it, there are some similarities because Michael Vick was also a brand, and he surrounded himself with the wrong people. Um, so Tom Brady does. He he's a very different person. Mm -hmm. uh, where, whereas it's not fair, but they both are quarterbacks, as all quarterbacks are. are uh, the whole team revolves around that quarterback for the most part. So that's all I wanted to say. It's not fair, but at the same time, there are some comparisons um, that people make all the time. Well, you know, um, with respect to Michael Vick, and we talked about this in the green room, with respect to Michael Vick, um, very, very talented, very, very talented quarterback, could run as fast as a linebacker, uh, a running back, you know, um, all standing 4-3-40, um, you know, can throw the ball from one end to the other end, seemingly like, you know, and what brought him down? Not his physicality, not his, his actions on the field, but what he did off of the field. And that's why it, it, I guess from our, you know, community, you worked your whole life from age, what, what Pop Warner, eight, eight years old? They start from eight years old, 30 pounds, you know, 50 pounds, your, 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 your equipment weigh more than you do, to you beat all of the odds and become a professional football player, but you can't give up the hood. You have a 50-plus million-dollar contract. I think he had, in memory serves, I'm just off the top, a $54 million contract or somewhere around about there. You have a team that's dependent on you, and you're risking it all to do what? You know, hang with the fellas, fight dogs, and and whatever else he's doing. Well, it comes down to priorities. You know, what's the most important thing? Um, back to your question of like, should he retire? It depends on who you ask because each perspective is going to come from a different priority. You ask Giselle, she has her opinion. You ask uh, the team owner and the coaches, they have their opinion. You ask the the Brady brand shareholders you know, what they think, and they're going to have their opinion. And so it really just depends on which way are we coming from this? And then also what, what's best for Tom? Um, you can only have one priority. Like no, you I'm only, wondering. You um, one number one. Right. Now you, you're a lawyer and um, meeting of the minds. Is there a, is there such a thing as a verbal contract? Is he, if he, if he made a verbal contract with his wife that I'm going to retire, mm -hmm. what is that? Can that be enforceable? No. Could it be no. even be a verbal contract? 
No, um, as between spouses, um, we make small verbal contracts all the time. You know, I'll do this if you do that, or, you know, this is what I would like for my birthday. Um, we're going to buy this house. It's your career first and then mine. Um, in a marriage, if you have made an understanding and then one partner breaches, you don't get to enforce the, uh, the verbal agreement. You have to decide whether or not you can live with it. And so one or the other or both of them have decided that they can't live like this anymore and they want to do something else. Can't live like this anymore. Mm-hmm. And that so, means a lot of different things. It's, it doesn't, you know, one man's, uh, one man's torture is another man's heaven. They, right. It's just so when you think about what women want, men, well, for one, men don't know what women want. Okay, let me just say that from the very beginning. Men do not know what women want. So I'm going to hope you guys can answer this question. We're going to leave with learned incompetence. Here we go. (laughs) Because most women, you know what? Let me bring a man on. I need some more more male energy on here. Let me bring Andrew up. Andrew, Drew, help a brother out. Help me. I'm going to get deep into it. I'm getting deep into it, man. First, introduce yourself. And, uh, you know, I, I'm going to I'm going to throw this question out here and I, I need some backup on this one. Yeah. So I'm Drew Ware. I am the CEO of World Class Consulting. And let me tell you, I'm living a dream every single day. And I really want to chime in. Here's what I want you all to think about. Remember, Tom Brady was doing football before he met his wife, the supermodel. And. of what he was doing, it was all about football. So he's probably perhaps spent 10%. And then once they had kids, 20% with the kids, 80% doing what he was doing. So what happens is when your spouse says, hey, I want you to give all that up, that's all he knows. So I think he tried it. And within those 40 days, he realized that's all he knows. So I'll go ahead and... Listen, but I I just think that from a man's point of view, you have to look at we all are a creature of habit. And what happens within a relationship is so different because women are such emotional creatures. And we just do everything based upon what we do every single day. And oftentimes we don't know what we're doing until the women sort of like leads us to say, hey, you realize you're doing that? You know, you're right. Perhaps I am. So I think he's just doing what he's doing. Brady's going to be fine. He's worth about two, three billion dollars when it's when it's all said and done. Well, officially two hundred fifty million, but you know that was before he signed the, the big contract with with is it Fox Network to be a commentator uh, after his career is over. <laughs> um, but I, I want to get back to this. I want to, if I can jump in just ahead, for a second, because one of the things that I've been hearing a lot from men is the discounting of Giselle's career. First of all, she is worth more money. That's number one. And as a former model, I'm going to say that the conversation surrounding her work, deeming it less important, not as impactful, is, is part of the problem. Okay, Giselle is not the reason why he's having a, a, a bad season is why are we attributing 
his failure on the field to his wife. Whatever okay, arrangement so, okay, they so had. Let's talk about, let's unpack okay. that a little bit. Well, I, um, I know where I to start. I take exceptions to I that. think the place to start, to start is to realize that by controlling the narrative the way that they have and only telling us the end result at the very end, we have no idea when this started. We have no idea of the timing or the sequence of events behind this decision and this agreement. We don't know. They could have started this in January. Well, it's been going on for years. It's been reported that, uh, you know, she wanted him out of football for years. But did she ever say that? I'm sorry? Did she ever say that? Do we ever do well, we have anything with Giselle saying, yeah. I want Tom, we, Tom and well, I it, made an agreement. It's actually on record. Three more years. Um, yeah, it's, well, not three years, uh, but it's, at, it's on record that that she has made comments over time, years, that she wasn't happy with him playing football. She, it, it's, uh, I think last season, uh, she said that, um, and I'm, I don't want to quote her, but how she discussed how football is a violent sport, how he suffers from football. She even brought up the fact that uh, he may have had a concussion from football and how she didn't want him to play football. And so, um, and then also I think that uh, it is, and so I heard that with my own ears. And then um, it was reported that over years they've been discussing. And so uh, I do want to say that, and I don't want to, to, to beat up on her, uh, but what I hear a lot, from, especially from females, is that how selfish she is, and I mentioned before how selfish she is and not doing this to her family. But to Andrew Ware's point, you know, this is what a guy's been doing every day, six days a week, since six years old. And, you know, to be drafted toward the end and to be general consensus to be the best to ever do that, ever, you know, it, it's a hard thing to, to give up. You know, and then from- there's therapy. This is, and this is why when people get married, they need to have uh, honest discussions about what the expectations are. Yes, he's been an athlete all his life. He's been number one all of his life. It's hard for him to walk away from it, just like it would be hard for any person in any other public profession to walk away from it. Michael Jordan had to do it. Other athletes have had to do it. I think what is what what is disheartening, displeasing to me about the discussion is how one-sided it. We know that everyone loves Tom Brady and that's great, but a lot of the conversations that I've heard and I've read have been centered on how awful she is for, for forcing him to come home and deal with her and the kids. She should know that he loves football. He can't control his feelings when he's on the court and she's walking away from, where's the personal responsibility in this? Do you think it's tied up in patriotism? 100%. The idea of football as this whole like American thing. Um, because Tom Brady did, I, I think he said, and I, I don't know a quote, so don't quote me, but I think he said something like when he goes into football season, it's the, basically the same as being deployed. Yes. And I'm a veteran. I, I can tell you it's not the same. Um, but I can understand sort of, you know, what he's getting at. Like, he only knows how to put his head down and and be football. First, uh, I'm a veteran also, and, and I appreciate your service. And so uh, what 
what branch? Air Force. I take that back. All right, so. Um, <laughs> but wow. He really, wow. He, he, wow. Wow. he has wow. to really assess who he is. At the end of the day, Tom Brady will not be Mr. Football forever. Just ask Dan Marino. Just ask the great quarterbacks of this era. There is life after football. And as great as he is, he has to determine, okay, after football, he tried apparently, but so often, as Adrian said, we see the end results of a divorce, but there's so often trouble brewing for years or months, and then something happens, and that is the final straw. So whatever happened, both Giselle and, and Tom you know, they are wealthy people. They are going to be okay. They are. They said the people around them, because they're both a business, they have children, they have family, they are huge entity. Um, that's where we have to look at those who are surrounding them. Um, they're going to make sure that they're okay and they're taken care of. And the Bucks are going to be okay after Tom Brady. <laughs> you do wonder though, when is enough enough? Like looking at their combined net worth, um, if playing the game is hurting him and it's taking him away from his family. And those things are ostensibly important to him. At what point does, you know, keeping the $30 million contract become not good enough? Like when does it become uh, less relevant? And I, you know, I understand the other side of it. As long as I can keep playing and keep getting these contracts, I'm going to keep it going. But when is enough, you know? I think, you know, if we move the conversation from football to perhaps the music industry, do we tell someone who's been in for 20 years, 30 years, okay, you know, don't make another album, um, don't go on tour one more time? Would we, would we say that? And when we bring Michael Vick into the, the conversation, we have to acknowledge that all things aren't considered equal with Michael Vick and with Tom Brady. But um, I, you, you race, made a good point. Before we switch to pivot to Vick, mm -hmm. no one's telling the Rolling Stones who's been touring my entire life <laughs> nope. to don't tour again. No. No one is saying, you know, um, maybe you should sit down. Maybe First of all, let's do this. How about our Congress? Why do we have people in Congress who were born in the 1940s? Why haven't they been told to sit down? Why haven't they been told to, to sit this round out and to give it up? Is it because it's not physical? Because it's not demanding? Listen, we don't know what is going on with Tom Brady. And I think that this conversation surrounded them, in my opinion, steep with patriarchy. That's number one. There are some race implications and a significant devaluing of Giselle as a mother, as a primary caregiver. And I think it was a disrespectful statement for him to say that it feels like deployment. I know boxers, when they go into training, they're not saying it feels like deployment. They know that when it's time to train, there are no women around, there's no um, alcohol, no drugs, no anything. They are tunnel vision. If Russell Wilson had said, you know what, I'm going into this season, it's like I'm being deployed. Would there have been the same response? America loves Tom Brady. And okay. Tom Brady is going to be fine. Okay, and so boxing. Tom Brady to the point that this is his civic duty. He must continue to play. Drew, do you feel this? <laughs> um, I, I, guys, I have a I have a total different take. 
And but I, I want to get Drew. I want to get your opinion. But going back to um, the comment you made about music entertainers, and why is their wives not requiring them not to? You know, because they're married. Why their wives are not requiring them to not not tour again? How? Why? Why is you know? And no one's discounting Giselle. And, and like you said, she's good. She's worth more than Tom. Well, she's not telling they him are. to stop playing. She's not telling him that. Exactly. She's just making. She is about telling him to retire. No, absolutely. She said, "You love you love football. This is your your one true love that makes you the most happiest. Go and do that. I don't want to be part of it." She just so said she, about she put an ultimatum. An ultimatum. That's but not is that all her choice? It's us, us or your football career. Drew, do you feel the same way about that? No. Absolutely. Absolutely. She did. She did. But she here's did. the thing. She did. But at the at the end she of the day, here's what we got to say. Come on now. Let's respect everybody's opinions so, here. So, so she did. But Father Time is undefeated. Tom Brady is realizing it's pretty much over. All I got to do is look at everyone else before him. It's, it's time for him to perhaps, you know, retire. And he'll, he'll still be part of football. Tom Brady's going to be fine. His ex-wife, they're all going to be fine. You know, at the end of the day, I just think that we have to look at men and women have different perspectives. Women are a lot more emotional. And we wouldn't be who we are without them. And oftentimes we're listening to the guys when perhaps we need to be listening to the significant other. That's all I have to say. Well, I, I also feel that she did. She made an ultimatum that is me and the kids or your football career. Wait a minute. She is that bad? Children from him? Is that bad to say? Wait, I, I have two. Go ahead. I was saying, is is that bad? I do. I do. Because uh, here's, here again, I go back to, you know, you've been doing this one thing that you're good at. You're the best in the world, the best to ever do it. And you know that you own fought, as Drew said, father time is undefeated. You know that there's an, an expiration window that of your ability to do this very closing very, very, very quickly. One season, two season. So she he has at most two seasons to, to do this again. Mm -hmm. Certainly at most two seasons to be the best at something. The sure. very best at something. And she's saying that, okay, I know you've been doing this for, you know, I guess the oldest child is 12 or 13 or something like that. You know, he, I don't want him to, to, to be, to be 14. I want you to stop what you're doing at 12 and give up what you, what, what you dream of. I mean, I, I, I see so many, you, you mentioned boxing. I see so many boxers, you know, look at Mike Tyson, how, you know, he's ended his career and then at 50-ish, 50 50-plus, 50 54, 56, however old he is, he's trying to make a comeback because he still feels that he can do it. Now, is it better to go as long as you can go till the wheels fall off to, to know that you've given everything that you can give and you can't do it anymore? That way you don't have the desire to come back? That's let's, not how it let's, works. Let's switch it to, to Adrian's field, law. How sure. many attorneys are pushing to make partner? Let's do the men. 
pushing to make partner. They're working extremely long hours. They're away from their children. Is anyone telling them to step away from, maybe you shouldn't try to go for partner. You know, why be home with me and the kids. There is a, in our society, and thank you, Adrian, for saying it, the patriarchy is so thick that the woman's career is always, or most often, undervalued. Yes, she is worth more. That's number one. What if she wanted to go back to modeling or pursue acting or to do something Actually, else? Actually, she is still modeling. Well, she has been a full, well, not the like primary caregiver for Right, but no one's stopping her from, Tom never told her not to go modeling. In my knowledge, I've never heard, had a report that Tom told her not to model. Well, they don't have a report on that. Children, and she is parenting according well, she, to her she values. to do that. The difference is, is that she chose that. It's different from someone telling you you can't do it and you choosing not to do it. That's the difference. We, we're, 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 we're splitting hairs and going into semantic. But you here's the thing. The center of your argument. He, but, you made the center of your argument that. But if, if, she, if she gave him an ultimatum, why is that bad? For her, for for us to say that giving him an ultimatum is wrong presupposes that she is not permitted ever to change her mind. Once she said, "Okay, it's I'm okay with you playing football," no, she can change her mind. If this no longer works for her, is she supposed to put her life and her children's life on hold because Tampa Bay wants another Super Bowl ring? Well, who act, one who asked her to do that, and then two, you know, it's different from uh, and again. Giselle is, I want to point out again, Giselle is worth double what Tom Brady is worth, okay? No one is asking her about anything. I want, it, I want to get your point of view, but, but going back to the lawyer, if you are, what, who is the best lawyer to ever have done it? What? Who's this, the best lawyer? There's lots of great done? attorneys. The best attorney. There's lots of me. You can't say do it because it's, it's very difficult. Because I, I can think of some great ones, but I don't know of any lawyer that goes out and say that guy's the man. That guy is the best who have ever done it. But and you, and so it's different. It's different to say that a guy who is generally considered about among men to be the best who has ever done it to just give it up when he can't do it anymore. I, it, it's that would be hard for me to walk away from. Drew, what's your feeling on that from another male? Am I wrong? I, I totally agree when he's the alpha, he's considered to be, I mean, look, they, they call him the goat. He, he's the man. But here's the truth. When, when his wife sees him getting hit, which for 12 years he never got touched, and there are concussion protocols and all of that, I can understand her saying, hey, since you don't see the danger, all you see is who you are, you're invincible, I could perhaps see why she could say, hey, I'm going to save you from yourself. So, I, I mean, I get it. I understand. But taking away his kids? Did not take whoa, them away. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Away. She's moving to Miami. Let's not pretend that these people don't have the means to go back and forth in an hour, just like anybody else that can get on an airplane. So you're right. Uh, she is. She is from a from a realtor standpoint, and I'm a broker. 
they uh, uh, it's been reported that she's bought a one point two million dollar home in um, billionaire the area called Billionaire Bunker. At the not 15 minutes away from where they are building a $17 million home. Uh, actually, they bought a $17 million home, tore down to build. <laughs> you buy $17 million home for the dirt. Tear down to build a, 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 a good home. Mm -hmm. No, it's location. It's location. Location. Locate, location is everything. Location, Obviously, location. Drew, you are a realtor among many other things that you do. $17 million home teardown. Have you ever heard such a thing? Yeah. I mean, if you, if perhaps you have the means, you can do whatever you want to do within the universe. You know, at the end of the day, look, I think, I think both of them love their kids. I think it's going to all work out. And I think both of them have their own perspectives. And I think they're both right. If well, that makes I, any I, sense. I, I, you know what? Um, I, I'm sorry. Who did I cut off? Because I, I mm -hmm. want to get this out. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think they both want the other to be happy. That's yeah. true. Go and live I, your I, best I, life. I, I feel that. I, I really do. I, I really feel that when they said it is an amicable um, um, separation or, or, or the divorce was and they did it pretty quickly, right? Uh, how long does it normally take for a, a, a divorce to be um, contested? If, if it's a contested divorce, how long would that normally take? Because it seems like they did this overnight. A contested divorce can take a long so time. Long. That's why I say we don't know how long this has been taking, take uh, been going on. If, assuming they did this collaboratively or through attorney negotiation, um, they have been working on this agreement probably mm -hmm. for months. Okay. Let me do this real quick, guys, because I, I see that we have a bunch of people that kind of want to add to the panel. Uh, hopefully it's not to be to beat up on me because you guys are, are, are I'm going I'm to have to go, you know, suck my thumb and, and call my mama after this. This is crazy. Kathy, it's just a smiling. She knows me personally. She's probably going to stab me when I get to my car. Like, David, come here. I got, some <laughs> I got something for you. Let me drop this. Give me one second. Sure. A lot of men feel that she should not have said anything about his concussions. Um, so I remember watching that interview and the man that I was with said, she shouldn't be talking about him like that publicly. Right. And he was a really nice guy. Didn't we and all watch him get hit? He, But he didn't feel like his wife should have been talking about it publicly. A male's perspective, you know. What was the context that she was talking about it and because context does matter. Like I wouldn't be surprised if she didn't go on and decide to become an influencer in traumatic brain injury uh research or something like that. Like her concerns are valid. Oh yeah. Right, but but there's a public conversation, there's a private conversation. And so what why was she why did she need to publicly Make a comment like that. Um, well, any any insight on that? She didn't need to, but she did. She chose. And we're not to. exactly, and we're not going to police what she feels and what she stated. She was concerned for her husband, and I, I can totally get that. You know, I'm sure she's read about CTE, and after years of not taking hits, now she's seeing more. She's frustrated. I can. It is foreseeable that a woman in her 
position, even if she's married to Tom Brady, even if she is wealthy in her own right, would say, you know what, I don't want to have to risk losing you on the field when we have young children. And I rather love you from afar, allow you to enjoy the life that you have. And, you know, we'll co-parent amicably. That's foreseeable. I can under I can completely understand it. But do I'm maybe maybe a sore spot for me is is devaluing women's work because Kathy, no one's gonna say, you know what, you won one Emmy. Isn't that enough? Like just just stay home. Like, can't you do so just work for a paper? No one is gonna, you know, telling Adrian, do you have to make partner? Like, do you really need that? But women are often expected to stand silent and to to allow the man to pursue his boyhood dreams. That's cute, but what about our girlhood dreams? Well, here's the other thing. Giselle Bunchen is a businesswoman. We've talked about her net worth a couple of times. This may have been a strategic decision to make that comment and leave that breadcrumb for the masses to follow like we are doing uh, so many months later when they announce their divorce. It, it, it just, they've created, they could have very carefully created this, um, this plot for us to follow and believe in. We don't know. So it, so there might have been a deeper, darker reason for the divorce that we definitely don't know about because they have chosen to be private. And from a business strategy, it's great. These are two people who are saying we are willing to be governed by contracts. We're as good as our word. We follow on our values. We do these things. But also, like, just strategically, if we start planning a divorce years ahead of time and we say, okay, we're going to need to tell the people something, what do we want to tell them? Make it about concussions. That's something that everyone can agree on. And here we are. Kathy, from a branding expert, how would that... Okay, let's assume, because I've never thought about that that way. Um, And so... If I wanted to, if, if scenario, I'm the best that's ever done it. I see that I need to out and I want to go out on top and I'm looking for the best way to do it. And I'm concerned about concussions. Would that be a good strategy? It could be, but the best strategy is to control the narrative of your own story. And either he knew what she was going to say or he didn't. She said what she wanted to say. She put it out there in the universe that she was concerned about his health. And that was that. What they have done effectively is control the narrative. And they had the outcome, the desired outcome that they wanted. Tom gets to play football. Giselle gets to go and buy her house. They agreed that their children are going to be the most important um, uh, let's see. Oh, I have a quote here. They, I mean, they are on the same page, no matter how painful this divorce is. They have done a really good job of controlling how it played out publicly, period. Well, we also just saw this same tape from um, Jason Momoa and Lisa Bonet. Let's announce to the people uh, what we're doing. By doing it this way and keeping it private and respectful, 
maybe they get back together. We don't know. Stranger things have happened. But, you know, we're yeah. also presupposing that there's been, there's some bad blood, you know, and, and to your point, Adrian, the speed of the divorce being finalized evidences that they've been having some conversations for quite a while or that the end was already predetermined. You take yours, I take mine, we walk away, we're fine, and it's over quickly. So not every divorce ends with, you know, um, tabloids. Fireworks. And with fireworks, exactly. Yeah. Sometimes it's just, I want you to be happy. You know I'm not happy. We're better when we're not fighting. Continue playing, I'm going to Miami or wherever. You know, I, I would believe that, I, I would believe that it was kind of a setup if his play didn't dip off. Um, if this was something that he was pre-planned, you know, the Bucks has lost four out of the last five games. The Bucks is, is this is the worst start the Bucks has ever been. I pulled up their record, and this is the worst Bucks start ever. Um one second, let me get to it. And I think they're three and five, I think. Uh, let's see. Buccaneers, yeah. Buccaneers are three and five. While you and, pull that up, David, he said, quote, there are a lot of professionals in life that go through things that they deal with at work and they deal with at home. Right. Through 13 years, children, um, who knows what happened? Only Giselle and Tom really know what happened. It's going to get to you. And at his level, to see, like you said, the performance on the field is going to be impacted. He Now, if he were 25 years old, it may be different. But he's older. He's not the Tom Brady we knew 20 years ago either. So All he's right. got these emotional, he's got these things going on in his head. I mean, it's really, there. no matter who you are, unless you are just stoic and um, you are a uh, narcissist, this affects you. Okay, and so apparently the divorce affects you like uh, a death. So just a little housekeeping um, for the guys that are in the chat room. We're trying to get the link to you so you can come up. Um, I um, I'm sending it out. So just just bear with us. Um, so we'll we'll get that link to you so you can come up and 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 help a brother out because these these girls these ladies are beating me down. <laughs> I have a question for you. Everything and all of yourself down. I've got a question for you, David. Um, with the Tampa Bay Bucks, I haven't kept up. Do they have any new players this, this has, season? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, oh, you know, so so, so they, they also have had a a um a history of the team. The Bucks have been around for thirty plus years, I guess. I have to look that up. Um, one of the moderators, look up when the how long has the the Bucks been in existence? And this is the worst ever start. So they've been they've been quarterback transitions, they've been personnel line lineman transition, personnel transitions for the whole length, the whole time the team has been in existence. And but yet this is the worst start they've ever had. Okay. Yeah, but truth, but truth be told, David, they are missing some key components. Yeah, Rock and they were missing key, key components last. Remember when the Bucks had losing season after losing season after losing season? They was missing people then. Yeah, but not not superstars. You know, you can't replace Gronk, and you know they also had some other superstars. Well, I, I think we won a team. Super Bowl and, without. And, uh, I think we won a Super Bowl without Gronk. We won two: one with Gronk and one without Gronk. Yet we haven't had the worst season. 
Yeah, so, but the, the, the line is different too, though. The offensive line is different. Go ahead. What do you attribute the the Bucks failing season to, David? I, Drew? Well, I didn't throw something gonna, over my shoulder before the last game, so maybe it was that. I'm sorry. I, I think I think it's a I think it's a combination of the offensive line and Brady just doesn't seem like he's there. No, some, something is definitely off. Um, I, he seemed to be out of sync. Uh, and so something is definitely off. And, and that's why, uh, you know, uh, Adrian, uh, the, um, the, the theory that this is pre-planned, I, I kind of, and, and I, I, I can, I can definitely, you know, if his play was, was, at the at the level we expect him to be, I, I would kind of understand that. Maybe maybe you know either he he's very good at comp- compartmentalizing it, or they knew about it, you know. But because he's performing so poorly, I mean, this is a a, a guy that is considered the goat, and and he's missing. He he, there there is not in sync between him and his receivers. Uh, the I, I watch all the games, and it at least from my layman standpoint and viewpoint they're, they're not in sync and so something is not right and there are contributory factors one we have a new coach we have a new line we have uh gronk is not there which you know is his butt that, that could affect him just as much as some other thing because that's a breakup too um and I, i'm uh natasha i wanted to speak, you to speak to that yeah. But, um, you know, there. So, so something is not, and maybe it's a, it's a totalitarian. Maybe it's, it's all the above that's no, causing I, him. It's not one thing; it's all things. So, um, Natasha, what do you got to say? What I actually say? wanted to to point that out because you know, for anyone who's ever been a caregiver and has had to watch someone die, knowing that the death is coming, knowing that death is getting closer, doesn't lessen the grief. You know, so even if he knew, yes, the end is coming, we already, we know that we're just going to walk away, Um, you know, I've got my wealth, you've got yours, it doesn't make the pain any less. It doesn't make the frustration of even having to come out and share a statement and all the calls and all the, the speculation, all the rumors, it doesn't make it hurt any less. So yes, it's it's it is foreseeable is my word this week. It is foreseeable that you know um, they had a plan in place, but now that it's final, it still hurts. And that's the thing about grief. Grief looks different for different people. Some people throw themselves into work. Some people are under the covers for three four days. Well, he's got a job where he's got to show up every Sunday, Thursday, or Monday. He's got to be at practice. You know, the whole world is depending on him. And I have said this over the last three years, every time America has an opportunity to be compassionate when it comes to mental health, we fail. Naomi Osaka, Simone Biles, every time, and there's some recent people as well in the news, every time we have an opportunity to be empathetic and to be compassionate, we fail. This is a man who is going through a divorce. The first time in his life where he is not the number one quarterback in the nation. And what would we do? We point fingers at his wife. We point fingers at everyone else on the team. We don't give him the compassion. If listen, I'm I'm not a Tom Brady fan as a player, but I think he's a good human. I haven't heard anything horrible about him. Why can we not extend this man some grace and just be like, you know what? Yes, it sucks. 
team rally around him? Coaches, trainers, everyone, what are you doing to support him during this time? Where's the support for Giselle? That's, I'm always going to come from a mental health slant. You know, that that is so, so true. We as a nation has failed, you know, to to address mental health. Now, Tom has some options. Tom can go away for 90 days and get some help if he doesn't already have it. Now, that's the difference. He and Giselle can certainly get the help if they haven't already gotten it. Because like any grieving, you really do need somebody to help you get through that. Uh, so Tom doesn't have to play ever again. Right. You know, is there a backup quarterback who can step in? Uh, just like when you're leading an organization and you go through a divorce uh, department or company, is there someone who can step in while you get support, the help that you need and come back? I don't right. know what kind of options the NFL offers, but right. it's a really public grieving. And um, again, like I said, if you lost a loved one or right. you've gone through a bad breakup or a divorce, it's different. Multiply that times 100 and you have the weight of the world and your fans looking at right. you. So he, what options uh, does he have that well, he can? Well, you with? know, um, you're right. Uh, the He has options that normal people do not. Absolutely. Um, the, I, I guess the, the only thing I, I want to, I, I want to make sure we're clear, um, because from the lawyer, I want to make sure I, I don't get sued. I want to be clear that we are not saying Tom Brady has a mental issue. We're speculating that if an issue exists, these are options, right? Did I clear myself? Am I going to get sued? We're just I saying that divorce is hard. Attorney Hollow. Attorney Holland, am I going to get sued? That's I what I want to know. Fine, but also consider that um, the, was it the Attorney General for the United States or something said that everybody under 65 needs to be evaluated for anxiety right now. Um, so he definitely has a mental condition. We all have mental conditions. We are, we are living in these bodies, living in these times, doing the best we can. Like we're, we all have a condition. We're living in a situation. All right. So we do have someone. I'm going to wait for her to turn on her camera. Uh, and we have a couple of people that are just getting the link. I'm going to bring them up um, to 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 make a comment. But I Drew, think a, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Natasha. I think you know a greater. If we expand this conversation even greater, is to to look at how we how we place athletes and entertainers and, and, and celebrities on pedestals and the unrealistic life that they have. Of course they chose, listen, yeah, he wanted the money, probably wanted some endorsements, but did he want, does anyone want to wake up to speculation about what they may or may not have done in their marriage? You know, no one wants that. Compound that with whatever we don't know about what happened in their family, in their friend circle, and just living through the last three years. To Adrian's point, we all have a mental health challenge right now, whether it's anxiety, depression, grief, we all do. And this is an opportunity for us to step back and ensure that we're not projecting our own pain onto them. Good point, good point. Um... Is it fair to say that uh, from a mental standpoint, we, 
I read a, 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 a quote a while back or uh, something very long ago, and I, I never really had a person to, to, uh, to, to discuss this. Um, but someone said that by age, I think it was early age, like eight or nine, we, we're reliving, we, we are reliving our childhood traumas. Is there any, any credibility to that? You know, and that's why, you know, I mentioned Michael Vick and the comparison to Tom Brady, you know, not a fair comparison, especially just being in a black body in America. You know, we have significant challenges from birth. All things are not considered equal. We do not get the benefit of the doubt. And there are several athletes in the NFL and NBA who've had accusations over the course of their career, but are still playing and their reputations are still pretty much intact. It's not always the same for black athletes. And so, you know, there is, you know, I include them in the conversation. Do I think if this was Russell Wilson, it would be reported in the same way? I don't think so. He's not having the best season, but, you know, are we, are we giving him the same grace that we give to people that we, we idolize and love? You know, it's when it comes to, to childhood traumas, I think that for many people, whatever age they have the trauma, if there isn't significant intervention, you know, they continue to live emotionally at that age. So if there was a trauma at three or eight, et cetera. But for the purposes of this conversation, I think, you know, what's important is to, to examine the psyche of a child athlete, you know, and, and what the transitions are as they go through. I speak to a lot of high school athletes and their parents to prepare them. Listen, you may not go to the NFL or to the NBA. Are you prepared for life away from the newspaper, away from, you know, having all of the fanfare that has surrounded you since you were four? And many times people aren't prepared for that and they want the thrill. It's a dopamine rush. Like, you know, the likes we see on social media, pressing, you know, submit on an Amazon card, hiring the chairs when we come into the stadium. It's all a dopamine rush. And his, for going back to football, is no different from mine when I've hit submit on Amazon. Therapy. What, what do women call it? Retail, Retail. therapy? Mm -hmm. Is that yeah. a real thing? Absolutely. Absolutely. You're, you're fly all the time. Is that a real thing? Um, you know, I'm going to go somewhere with this because <laughs> it's actually my former husband, okay, a male perspective who said retail therapy helped him. Mm. And he, uh, I'm going to leave it at that. Everybody okay. has something, I'm, I'm, everybody, everyone has something therapeutic. And, that helps them. And to for be fair, me, it, for me, it's cooking. For my former husband, it was retail therapy. So yeah, whatever helps you um, get away from reality is your therapy. Or if something helps, because I'm not the uh, expert in counseling. So for Tom Brady, I think football is his therapy. Yeah. And to be fair, um, you know, you guys may not know this, but. Um, I've been collecting comic books, Batman comic, comic books for the rest, for all my life. And that is my therapy is that it's just an escape. Right. So, so, um, Drew, what do you feel about that? Cause you fly all the time, man, all the time. I, I totally agree. You know, just like you were talking about the, 
I think the serotonin and, and, and just feeling proud and all of that is so important. So one has to find something. And that's the very reason why I decided, you know, at the end of the day, the best way to predict the future, you're going to have to create it, right? And that's why I created a, an event that's called the CEO Experience. It allows CEOs to get an opportunity to collaborate with other CEOs and liberty and freedom is not a thing. It's a feeling. That same feeling that I have about Kathy, about that wow factor, that's really what it's all about. At the end of the day, it's all about that energy and that synergy that we all can, can give out because we're social beings. I'm done, David. Well, the CEO experience, I, I want to talk a little bit about that. Uh, I know it's a little bit off topic. We're going to bring Sylvia Lee up. Uh, she has a question for uh, for us. Um, but, you know, we just had an event um, what, two weeks ago, three weeks ago. I guess it's more like three weeks. It was and, on the 7th on the seventh of October, to be right. Correct. And people are still talking about that event. Uh, Kathy, you was part of that event. Um, uh, from, uh, and, and, you know, the club is talking about it. The the um, the the attendees, the the waitresses and the waiters. I mean, every, the whole everyone involved with that event still talking about how great it was. So you did a good job. Um, we was talking off campus that you you have another event coming up, right? I do. I do. It, it looks to be December 15th. We're going to St. Pete. St. It looks like St. Pete downtown is going to get the love. So. I'm excited. We're going to do this thing again. And next year, we're going city to city. So it's all about that experience. It's all, it's all about what Kathy talks about, the wow factor. <laughs> now, Kathy, I, we, we mentioned you as a professional um, you know, brand expert. And Kathy Times Wow, could you talk a little bit about that? And you know, so that people know that you, when you are giving an opinion, you know what you're talking about. Right, right. I And I'll just go back for 10 seconds and say the reason that I talked about my former husband saying it's retail therapy, because now I have people who shop for me and they're part of the branding experience. Oh, that <laughs> so, must be nice. That's not my therapy. That's not my therapy anymore. Let Someone put on my jacket. I, I got it. I got it. <laughs> what? Right. The Someone next else. Day, I'm gonna have my jacket on. I, uh, uh, I got somebody shopping for a sister. Go ahead. Those are my wow. stylists, and they're wait, wait, part wait. of the. <laughs> they're part of. They're part of the Wow experience. Uh, so it is a. Uh, it's a total experience where we help people do four things, and David participated in it. Um, we help you assess. That's why I talked about Tom Brady. No matter what stage you are in your life. Whether you're in your 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, you're someone different. You, you are growing every decade and you need to assess where you are and where you're trying to go in life. And so that's why the first stage of the WOW program is it's really professional development where we look at both your soft skills, your communication strategy and your hard skills. And what is your unique WOW advantage? What does Tom Brady, what does um, Natasha, what does um, David bring, bring to everything they do that no one else can do? And that's what Kathy Times Wow is about, helping you assess the value of your brand, then define it, define your audience who you're trying to connect with, uh, communicate that brand, and then how do you activate it online 24-7 while you're sleeping and people are judging you online within seconds? Uh, also, how you activate your brand in person. So I think what you all are doing um, 
uh, is just amazing. And I'm really excited to be a part of it. Andrew, I really am. So um, just just um, housekeeping, guys, I apologize. I'm getting a bunch of notes that, you know, you're trying to get in. We just changed the name of the stream to include the StreamYard link. Click on that link. Your chats are not coming through for whatever reason. So click on that link uh, so that you can get in and join the show. So let's go ahead and add Sylvia to the link. And she has a question. Sylvia, are you there? Yes, I am. Okay. Good, good afternoon, everyone. What are your questions? Should Tom, should Tom retire? Yes, yes. All right. Thank you for thank coming you for on the show. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, let me explain. Let me explain. Um, I do not think he should retire because he signed the contract. And I feel personally that although um, I heard uh, each individual's comment, I personally feel that you when you was presented a contract that also allowed you to think it through and realize that things does happen in life. And when these things happen, then you still have to perform to the best of your ability. Um, that's my take on it. And that's why I said, no, a contract is a contract, a contract. Now, grant you, he has millions. He probably, yeah, okay, fine, me. Uh, that's fine. I'm not a Bucks fan. So in my, my, my outlook of it all, you know, I saw it when it started happening that what was going on in his life was affecting his performance. And it took a minute for individuals to really say, yeah, that's it. Another thing that I noticed that I heard was, and I know the ladies, um, the females really did not touch bases, did not touch that topic that was out there. But I, I will say a little bit about it. Um, most time, women are considered the emotional one. And uh, from my outlook, you know, I'm looking into what's going on. I feel that, as you said before, the this was really strategically done so that it minimized a lot on both sides. And if emotional, if, if emotions was actually uh, exhibit, this would have been uh, the outcome wouldn't have been as clean as it is. And I say that to say. Many times when is is my my thing of not having a clean break is when you start slandering and things of that sort. So I think this was really planned out by both parties and well executed. That's my thought. I didn't have a question. I just want to interject. Well, thank and you. Go Air Force. Go Air Force. Yes, I'm on your side, your team. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm muting you now. Uh, I think that's yeah, David, we can't have her on. We can't have her on anymore. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's time for you to go can't back now. I'm going to remove you from the screen. Um, you know, we all know Navy is is. No, where no, we, no, no. Swim, keep swimming. <laughs> all right. So that was Sylvia. Uh, let's. You know, we talked about the the. Um, 
what what she said. I think uh, you know uh, if it was planned or not, and um, I, I guess there's some merit to that. I guess maybe a couple of people, since you mentioned it, um, Attorney Holland and 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 Sylvia did. I think that um, maybe there is something to that. I just think that his his performance wouldn't have dipped. You know, if if it's a setup. Uh, he would, we don't know why. We don't know why his performances have. We don't has know. Dipped. We don't know. We don't know. We don't. And remember, has an ingrown toenail. We don't know. Remember Chadwick, when everyone was really people were really getting down on him about his weight. He's looking awful. He's losing weight, and then he passed. And everyone's like, "Oh my God!" Now everyone's all emotional with you know the new movie coming out. We right. don't know what is going on with Tom. We, we don't, don't know. know what's going on with Giselle. And this is our opportunity to pull back and so to Sylvia, check ourselves. What I guess she's still lurking around and she said, correct. Uh, so, he, Sylvia, do you have yeah. anything else you want to add? <laughs> I'm just agreeing with my... Um, All right, th thank you, Sylvia. All right, so, um, there you go. There you go. I, mean, I, I have an athlete. You mentioned Michael Jordan performing at the, I mean, I was, this will be in my memory probably for as long as I could live. But remember Michael Jordan in the championship game uh, played with the flu? Does anybody remember that? Right, right. Yes. It's a different, it's a different, you know, divorce and the flu. They both are terrible, right? But Michael Jordan led his team to a victory with the flu. How many of us can play at that level? The standards are higher for leaders, no matter what position you are in. And the test for you is when you are in crisis, no matter where we are in our lives, right? There's a, a famous quote, and I can't quote it right now, about the test of a man or woman is not when everything's great. It's during the time of crisis. Right. And so for Tom, as he stated, we're all humans. We do the best we can do. Or he said, we do the best we could do. And he said this on his Sirius XM show, that he did the best he could. And his mm -hmm. wife did the best that she could. And at the end of the day, now that the divorce is final, now that the crisis you know, has passed and it's, it's public, how will he perform next? How will she perform next in their lives? Um, and right. at the end of the day, that's that's a question I think we all have to ask. How do we how are we proactive at the time of a crisis and how do we manage our brand through that storm and how do we remain consistent? So I we think that Drew, yeah, I think Drew had to uh, his battery ran out, so he may be rejoining. I just um, some of you guys. And again, uh, go to the link of the of the channel if you want to come up um, to speak the for for everyone's consideration back to mental health is the expectation that when we are not at our best, that we're somehow failing. We're human. The last three years have been unbelievable. It is unrealistic to expect everyone to perform the same way under divorce or under death. And the trauma Olympics that that is perpetuated in our world today is infuriating. Okay, my, and and this isn't you know specific to anyone here. Yes, Michael Jordan played with the flu, but that's not to say that someone who says you know what, I don't want to play with the flu, 
It doesn't yeah. mean that they are less of an athlete. And, and, and this even segues into just, because right now we're having million dollar conversations, you know, about celebrities, just on the regular day, you know, women, people living with mental illness, people who are neurodiverse have the challenges of masking every single day. We've got to go into the workforce and we've got to act normal because if we don't act normal, then we're deemed to be less competent. We're not up for that promotion. I mean, can I just have one day to grieve the death of how many people I've lost? We're a nation in mourning and we are not focused on our collective mental health. If I could, I would give all of America, you know, vacation until 2023. Because yes. we need to heal, we need to go to therapy, we need to journal, we need to meditate, we need to have some courageous conversations, and we rest. need to drink our water and mind our business and rest. <laughs> and I fair, did all that. I did all that when I was going through traumatic experiences. I took that day off. I, I sought therapy. I um, take better care of myself as a result of that. So, Natasha, that's it, it, say it again, um, because as a result of some of the crises that I endured and the impact that it had on my health, I did things differently and I'm better for it. So you know, I did all of those fair, things. Yeah. To be fair, it, it's worse for women. I mean, you guys, um, you know. I think it's worse for it, men. No, I don't. I think that men can, men have more, more leeway. You know, yeah, we have to be strong and stuff like that. But if we make, take a, take a day off or, or if we, you know, um, Especially in a job environment, I think that men men are, are very very um, have an advantage, uh, and and women, you guys, uh, you know, if you take a day off, we, we're thinking what you know she getting her hair done or she getting, her, and it could be a legitimate excuse. A man take a day off, oh he must be sick, you know he must really can't get to the office, and we may be on the golf course, you know. So I I think that women it, it is more more difficult. For sure, for sure, in a in a environment, in the work environment, I, think I agree. We have a harder time because women, if we take the day off, if we take a mental health day, we know why we're why we're taking the time off. We're feeling our feelings. We're talking to our support systems. We we're doing the things that we need to do. Men are not in touch with their feelings. They have them. They have them all over the place. I, nope, I no. see it in my work. I'm sorry. What? <laughs> Look at you in your feelings. No, we don't. Right <laughs> no, I'm about not having feelings look at you it's it's wild and i think men really struggle with not knowing how to identify and process the emotions that they're going through and if you even having friends and people in your life that you can talk to men don't have that no new friends yeah i, I think that's the reason why men die so uh die earlier you know, I think that what's the what's the uh, men dies what seven? I think I read seven years earlier than on average than, than Something women. Like that. Yeah, and it's, mm -hmm. I think it's because of that. You know, we don't know how to deal with stress. Um, we don't have that support group um, necessarily. I, I remember when um, I have no kids, but I kept my niece and nephew when my sister my uh, sister got sick, and so for one for Thursday. I was a bachelor. Mm -hmm. Friday, I had two kids. Okay. Yep. And I knew nothing. I had no support system. I, I didn't, 
I remember my 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 niece and nephew said, "Well, just go to the pick line." What's a pick line? I, I knew none of the terminology. They said that they were staying for SSI, and I was like, "Oh, that's great! You have extra study." I didn't know it was detention. You know, I I, I had no, <laughs> you know, I'm like because I've never failed anything. I'm like, wow, that's good that you're saying extra and you're gonna get. No, you've been bad. You know, I didn't know anything about that. And so instead of praise, I should be whooping. You know, but it's we 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 don't have that support system unless you've been through it. And and you guys kind of like cobble together. And the girlfriend, you want to go out? I got you. And you got get me. And then you know we we're gonna get through this together. And I think that that's you know we need that for men. We need that. I know that um one of the church the church I go to there was a men's group uh, and. I, I found myself, and it's one of the few times that men can go there and we don't have to be men. You know, you're not worried about who's the alpha in the room and who, whatever, whatever. We just go there and talk. And I found that there was a lot of commonality about some of the things we've gone through. And I really enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, the, whatever reason, the, the church stopped that. And I felt, I feel some kind of way about that, you know, mm-hmm. because that was one of the few outlets where you can go in and really, it's a safe space and you can really talk about stuff that bothers you. You know that you can't necessarily talk to anyone else about. Mm-hmm. So we should have more of that, right? We should have yes. more. Of that. We should join the women's group. You know, come in there and, and no, no, need to be separate. And and this is where you know um, men have to do the work. You know, I, I speak to men all the time, and they say the same thing. You know what? It's easier for you all because you're in touch with your emotions and your feelings. Okay. So at the point that you recognize that you're not as in touch with your emotions as you should be or want to be, what's your next step? Because most often, in my experience, the next step is to blame a woman, is to blame my mom, my wife, uh, you know, I don't have time. The onus is on the man, especially if, I mean, there's been enough conversation about mental health in the last three years for men to start prioritizing their emotional and psychological well-being, whether it is a, you know, an impromptu conversation in the barbershop or it's formalized with a coach or with a therapist, those things have to happen. And especially after you've experienced any significant life event, life change, whether it is having, you know, from bachelor to two kids, you know, the death of a loved one, losing a a career, whatever the life changes, I tell people run to therapy because you don't know in that moment how the event has impacted you. And that's not just for, you know, millionaire divorces. They can afford to live with a therapist. That's for us that have to go to work tomorrow, that have to be on air tomorrow, that have to show up for the closing tomorrow, that have to be in court tomorrow. We are the ones who often are significantly impacted when we neglect our mental health. And that therapy was so important for me. I sought therapy until I found the right person too. Oh, um, yeah. Because so often we go to our friends and they're like, oh Lord, Kathy's calling again. I don't wanna talk about this anymore. Whereas you can go to the therapist and they are not judgmental. I even uh, went to a husband and wife therapist. First, I went to the wife first. And then I realized I really need to talk to your husband. And she wasn't offended at all. I needed the perspective of a male. So it's okay to go to our girlfriends or our guy friends and have those conversations. But at the end of the day, it really has to be someone who may tell us some things that we don't want to hear, but we need to hear. 
because that is their area of expertise. And it was very enlightening for me because uh, I think David mentioned the, the, the effect on your childhood and how you um, enter into relationships, whether it's professional or personal, certainly your childhood uh, is a factor there. And so when you see a professional who can tie all those things together, the lightning strike is powerful and it's beautiful. And at the end of the day, you lead a healthier life, just like you go to your physician when you are physically ill, going to someone who understands your the, the mental um, challenges is just as important. It seems so to hearing me that male perspective and that female perspective, there is a time when we need to hear from a male and respect their point of view. Well, there's and also respect their point of view. I saw being Switzerland, David. I'm being a Switzerland here. <laughs> <laughs> but that was so important to me and uh, very helpful. There's also a time to hear from somebody that really is completely detached from your situation. Um, somebody that doesn't have anything at all to gain that won't be impacted, that doesn't know you, doesn't know your kids, doesn't know anything, just a clean slate. Um, and I think that that is one of the things that we overlook in the community. And then especially men overlook, they think that they can just go and talk to their friend and that's therapy. And it's not. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Um, sometimes your friend will give you the wrong advice. You, you want a professional, you know, yeah. you yeah. want somebody like Natasha or, you know, or, or another licensed professional to kind of give that. Now, even among Natasha, I got, I've always wondered this, even among professional um, mental health workers, a male and female, will a male and female point of view or perspective be the same? No, it's going to be different because they are different. And, you know, I tell people, and I love what you, you said, Kathy, I tell people to approach finding a therapist in the same way that they would use a dating app. The first one might be a dud. Oh, absolutely awful. You don't even know how you match. Okay. But do you say, you know what? I'm done. I'm off this dating app. I'll never do it again. No, you set up another, another date. And it's the same thing with therapy. Sometimes you get with one person and you think that you're going there to process workplace trauma. But when you get there, you realize, no, actually what I need to deal with is what happened with me when I was 12, or I need someone who is of my same faith or of my same race. So even men to women, the perspective, they can give you the same foundational information based on their training, just like, you know, male, female attorneys. However, when it comes to lived experience, when it comes to pulling out and extracting from the woman, you know, maybe, maybe there's a link between, you know, the difficult childbirth that you had and some of the anxiety symptoms that you're experiencing today. A woman would recognize that, especially if she's been through it. A man may recognize it because he's heard of it before, but it's different. Lived experience matters. And because I want to clarify, I am a mental health coach, which is different from a mental health therapist, counselor, psychologist, psychiatrist. I do not have a degree in mental health counseling. I do not counsel. I do not offer therapy. I do not take deep dives into your childhood. That is a clinician. I'm a coach, which means we start with today. And where do you want to go? How is what's going on in your world right now impacting you personally and professionally and what needs to happen next? I work with people on creating strategies. And a lot of it is based from 
living with bipolar disorder for 20 plus years. Everything that I've been through, what worked for me, what hasn't worked for me, you know, I've got other certifications, but the counseling route, I didn't want to do that. I'm too much of an empath to listen <laughs> all day long. So I wanted to make Very that good conversation. Yeah. Um, and that's I what I found the add- female. Yeah. The woman was very emotional. Yeah. <laughs> when I went to her husband, who was a clinical psychologist, he drilled down and yeah. really got to the root of the issue. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed her, but that, you know, that clinical psychologist made all the difference in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just like there's mental health coaches and business coaches, there are also divorce coaches. Um, and that is, um, there's a whole network of professionals who are just a tier between, you know, um, a tier below therapists, because some people really cannot access therapy. It's just, it's too much work when you're going through the process of trying to find somebody in your insurance and find somebody who is accepting and find, uh, or accepting new patients and find somebody who will work with the family or, you know, whatever specific thing you need. There's so many different flavors and types of therapy and people are just generally woefully uneducated about it and how to access it. And to your point, right now in the United States, 60% of U.S. counties do not have one practicing psychiatrist. So we know, especially when it comes to the intersectionalities and and representation, finding, you know, a, a provider that is, you know, Black, Brown, Indigenous, that has, that's veteran, that's a huge population need right right now. And, you know, especially if someone reaches out to me and they've been in combat, I refer them only to the therapists I know that have that experience. Right. Because there's absolutely no way for anyone to imagine what that is like. It's not, you know, what you play on a video game. And so representation matters, lived experience matters. And most importantly, I tell people, trust how you feel. When you walk in, that first feeling, if you don't feel like, you know, I'm sitting with my homegirl, my homeboy, I don't know if people still use those words, that's not the therapist for you. Pick again. Pick again. Because if you're going to be spending your money, you need to be able to actually get some results. Okay, so I am getting a lot of, of text messages. Guys, if you want to be on the show, you have to use the link. I'm not receiving the chats in, in from them software. So um, if you, for whatever reason, I'm not getting um, your your request, if again, my team is telling me that, you know, you're trying to get in and I apologize, but you got to use the link that we provided in the title as well as we're providing in the chat room. Okay. Use that link. All right. Okay. So, um, yeah, ther- therapy is, is, is so important. And I'm glad that you made the distinction between what you do and, uh, you know, what a licensed person would do. So really, you would probably refer, after you've done the coaching and, and kind of made a plan, you refer them to a, a, a licensed individual? Is, is that kind of how it works? It depends. There are some people who come to me and I tell them right away, you need a therapist because I'm not doing a deep dive. I'm, I'm just not. And there's some people that I've worked in tandem with their therapist. So their therapist may be doing some trauma work with them and I'm working with them on just strategy around their day and how it impacts their work life. Things like, you know, setting alarms to take medicine or just being more aware of the emotions. So sometimes we can work together. I think it's important that, you know, the community is educated on the difference because there are some therapists that are also coaches, but coaches are not 
bold underlined 36 point font therapist. Therapist and it's Yes. <laughs> and it's, 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 it's derelict and it could be injurious to the individual for coaches to position themselves as therapists and as social workers and mental health providers when that's not their training, expertise, licensing, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Back to Tom Brady. Do you think that his current play, his recent play, um, will tarnish his legacy? We mentioned we, we mentioned Michael Jordan, and one of the reasons why, and to Kathy's point, one of the reasons why Michael Jordan, in, at least in my mind and in other people's mind, it will always be better than LeBron is exactly that. He never lost. No matter what happens, what's his condition, he, he three-peated two times, unheard of. One of those times, and all of those times, never went to a game seven. And one of those times, he was had to be dragged off the court. And so... Um, what we do under pressure determines our character. That 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 is so true, um, in, at least in my mind. So, Tom Brady's recent play, Kathy, would does is that going to affect his brand and and ultimately his legacy? His recent play. Again, it remains to be seen. Um, as Natasha said, he is seen as the good guy, the quarterback who comes and saves the day. I'm not the sports journalist, but I've watched Tom Brady enough. I like football to, especially when he's playing against my favorite team, to come back, never count him out. Never. So being consistent like that and the way that he did handle the divorce, um, it is to be applauded, the way he and Giselle handled the divorce. Of course, there were rumors and rumors and rumors, but his brand is not just one that is um, established in the last few weeks. Mm -hmm. You build a brand uh, by being consistent in your performance year after year after year. And his brand is strong. So it remains to be seen how um, his performance is going to have an impact on his legacy because he's um, he's been through a tough time. But his team, I'm sure, knew. I'm sure that his boss knew. I'm sure the president of the league knew. And at some point in time, someone could have said, mm, Tom, maybe you should take a break. But he's a he's the goat for a reason. So his his brand is still strong. Well, it's and it's up to you know. I I don't. I'm I'm not the sports journalist to really dig deep and say, well, you know, this is what people are saying about um, his legacy. I think his legacy is. I still see Tom as the man who's going to come back. He's going to come back. I would predict he's come back time oh, and time oh, again. Oh yeah, he's trying to fix it. He's coming <laughs> he's back. Trying to come back. What yeah. did you do? I fixed it. That's what I did. I fixed it. <laughs> his brand new comeback He's the comeback king, so I think he'll be fine. Yeah. So, um, one for you. Will you have to pay child support? Yes. Uh, well, there is a support. There is undoubtedly a support uh, component in the agreement. We don't know who's paying what. Right, right. Right. But we know that um, if the children are meant to be with the mother the majority of the time, it may have skewed in the direction of him paying support. Um, net worth and annual income are different things. And then we also look into how um, how these children should share in the wealth of their parents. Um, these are extraordinarily high income earners. And so 
to a certain extent, the law does not apply to them. They're going to do what they need to do. And the the court would have leave to exercise its own discretion in determining who should pay what. However, they figured it out between themselves and they've come up with something that works for them. And at that level of, of net worth, I have no doubt that it includes a, um, a good fortune trust or some sort of long-term planning um, for that money for those kids. I've never heard of that. What is a good fortune trust? A good fortune trust is um, it's a mechanism where you can say, all right, the calculated amount of support should be $30,000 a month. That's absurd. You're not going to spend $30,000 a month on one kid. Well, they do. Maybe, maybe not. Because but... No, no. From a real estate standpoint, $17 million uh, a house. Uh, well, it's probably going to be a lot more net because that's just the land. So we're not looking at where the parents choose to live. We're looking at stuff like um, their extracurriculars, their private school tuition, Mm -hmm. transportation, um, medical insurance, um, uncovered medical expenses, things of that nature. Those are the things that go into the support obligation. Now, the housing, you know, yes, they do both have to have adequate housing for the children. But again, these are not those people. I'm just going to assume that they have what they need. Um, so if let's say that the calculation said support should be $30,000 a month, well, we're going to, the court can come in and say, all right, well, you really only need 10 of that for your monthly expenses. But especially with someone like Tom Brady, whose income, his earning years are limited. They might say, we want you to put the difference between what it actually costs to care for your kids and the calculated amount into a good fortune trust. So that money is protected and put away for the future when Tom Brady can't play and his income does go down. Wow. Thank you. Um, Mm -hmm. I never heard. uh, Okay. um, Now, this is a don't don't kill me. But around the board, do you believe in prenup? Yes. Kathy. Yes. So, so Natasha? I do. Kathy? I, I'm sorry. Your, 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 your volume, you muted. Elaborate on cleanup. Prenup. Prenup. Oh, prenup. Oh, yes. My sister had a prenup and she's... <laughs> She married a widower and he had assets to protect. Mm -hmm. And so that was the first person I knew who had a prenup and there was no disagreement about it. Absolutely. Yes. So for high net worth people um, and you guys wouldn't get offended if a, if a, if you walk in with yours and and they walk in with theirs, that there's an, uh, there's an agreement in place. Absolutely. An agreement from a male standpoint, point of view should that be a red flag if the woman don't agree to that no No. or each everybody's different if you if you are getting married for the purpose of preserving your legacy and building something bigger than what you are right now you want to be with someone who is forward thinking enough to look at that prenuptial agreement or that premarital agreement as a plan if you plan to be wealthy, if you plan to be rich, if you plan to have assets to pass on to your kids, you should plan your marriage. And so a lot of people think of prenuptial agreements as planning for planning to get divorced. Um, the way that I approach them and the way that collaborative professionals approach them is to say, 
we're going to plan the first five years of the marriage. We're going to set some goals. We're going to put some people in place so that when your communication breaks down, you know who you're going to. When um, the bank account is empty and the lights are off, we know who to go to to talk about our budget and get back on track because one of us is a saver and the other one is a spender. And those are normal things that we have to cut uh, overcome in the course of a relationship. It's a lot of work. But um, Andrew said earlier, the best way to predict the future is to plan it. He's not I agree wrong. With that. I think many times people look at, you know, prenuptial agreements just based on, you know, money only. But what if one person wants to go to therapy, but the other one doesn't? I love the point about the communication. When we have a problem in our marriage, what's the plan for resolving it? And we could both be independently wealthy, but if the communication is gone, if the intimacy is gone, if what got me into this arrangement is gone, what's what's our exit strategy? When you no longer what, want to try, how long should I wait for you to come around before I get to leave with what I came in with and go find my happiness elsewhere? Right. And marriage is a contract at the end of the day. It really yeah, is a contract. Is. And it can, things. it can be tough to get out of depending on the state you live in. And so it's really important to understand uh, what the contract means in each state that you live in. I lived in Mississippi and there was no such thing as a no fault divorce, whereas in Florida, um, depending on your assets and children, things of that nature, the divorce can go on and on, but at least there's a such thing as a no-fault divorce. And I do want to say my sister and her husband are happily married. They've been married for more than 20 years. So they went in as mature adults and understood um, that they both had assets and he had children and they needed to protect them. So it, it really depends on the, the couple and what they are. And then I've heard of people who um, did not marry the other person because they would not sign the prenup. But I do believe in it. It's a mature contract at the end of the day. Right. And, and if you do it without, you know, at least on an, on in the beginning without the emotions, it could be a very fair contract. Right, Attorney Holland? Well, fair is in the eye of, behold, uh, the, eye of the beholder. Um, fair means different things to different people. Um, I like to go for durable contracts. Um, those are ones where we have taken the time to actually figure out what we mean when we say, you know, the thing in paragraph six, like, what do we really mean? What does that really look like? So a durable agreement is, is what you're really after. What's the difference? Um, it's a, it's a difference in mindset. We were talking about contracts earlier and how a contract is a contract. Well, at this level, you know, of football playing, there's absolutely an early termination clause in the contract. Like that, you know how to get out of something like that. It is foreseeable that, um, a football player would get hurt or not be able to fulfill the full term. Like that happens. Um, and it's the same with marriage contracts. Um, if you can't fulfill the contract, Sometimes if you really get a good lawyer, you get into it and you put in, um, you build in your remedies and you say, this is what I want to get if you do this. So we see a lot of stuff like um, alimony step downs. If we, if we are married for so long and, and we split and it's your, and you cheated, then you don't get alimony or you only get this much alimony. So we look at all of the conditions that we want to, that we want to uh, contract for. Um, and to what we were saying about Giselle, you know, holding 
Tom hostage and issuing him this ultimatum. She just decided that she didn't want to participate in this contract anymore. And fortunately, we live in a time where you don't have to cut your spouse's head off to get out of the divorce or to get out of the marriage. And your your practice uh, could help someone who is wanting to to structure a durable contract. Absolutely. Absolutely. Is that what you focus in on? That is what I focus on. I focus on amicable divorce, uncontested divorce, and mediated agreements. I do a dash of guardian ad litem work as well because I really care about children. Um, and what we are doing, you know, especially in a marriage, is building something for the next generation. Mm-hmm. More, more often than not. Of course, there are some families that don't have children, and, you know, they, those are families too. I don't want to mm-hmm. count those people out. Mm-hmm. But, um, I think they've done a great job of keeping their emotions secondary and keeping the right. best interests of their kids right. primary. I mean, totally low key. I mean, they, Super you know, low they are like, Hey, we good. We just don't see, we're not on the same page. Exactly. But they've never been, you know, public people. Like they're not the, the social media daily posters, breakfast, lunch, dinner. They've never been that. So if they weren't that during their marriage, I don't expect them to be like that, you know, spilling secrets and leaks. No, this was oh. this was an example of, of how it, it should be done. Absolutely. Absolutely. It was Absolutely. a good guy divorce. So the um, attorney Holland, what is your perfect client? Oh, um, my perfect client is someone who is contemplating divorce and they have not already filed. I like to talk to people before filing so that we can talk about all of our process options because a lot of people don't know there are many ways to get divorced. You don't have to go to court and duke it out. You don't have to have War of the Roses. And so I really love for a client to come to me for a rights and responsibilities consultation so that we can talk about what this looks like. What is this transition? What does it mean? How do we take care of ourselves while we're going through it? Awesome. Awesome. Natasha, what your perfect client? Perfect client would be professional women who want more, who are tired of saying that there's got to be more to life than this, who want to finally resurrect all of their dreams and goals and ideas that they put into the shoebox in the closet of their mind. And they finally want to actually have a life that they, they love and don't need a vacation for. Those are my ideal clients. And you have a passion for ex-offenders. Ex-offenders as well as veterans. That's my, um, you know, my my soft spot, and where they intersect is the mental health. Well, I'm I know, a veteran. You know, I'm not an ex-offender, but I can go. I, and, I, can, I can. Hey, what I, what a brother got to do? I, you know, that's just no. But, but you know, our our nation, you know, the jails mm-hmm. are the largest psychiatric facilities in the nation. Prisons, not hospitals, not private behavioral clinics, it's our prisons. And so with people who are exiting, you know, incarceration with veterans, where they intersect with me is the mental health aspect. And I've got a soft spot for people who, you know, have diagnoses, mental health diagnoses, and just need, just, just need a break, just need some support so they can secure their footing to take their next step. Awesome. Kathy, you're a perfect client. Oh, great question, David. You, the person who knows where they want to go in life and 
um, they are ready to make the changes necessary to reach next level success. So organizations and individuals who are in transition, today I was speaking with a prospective client and they asked me, how do I help individuals or organizations? Um, it really is uh, primarily women and men who are over 40. They have achieved a level of success in which they are confident in what they can do as a practitioner, but they really need assistance polishing and packaging their brand story so that they can meet their goals, whether they are communications oriented, whether they are trying to attract more clients, or they want to, um, I work with a lot of leaders in higher education. So I tend to stay in my lane. My background is nonprofit leadership. I was a news anchor and investigative reporter and president of a journalism organization. Um, I was in the business for 20 years. So I um, also have cohorts of journalists. These are individuals who are leaders. So I work with nonprofit organizations. I work with corporate clients. Um, I also love the healthcare space. Uh, so many of my clients are in that space. Um, so anyone who's in transition and they're really trying to communicate effectively with their audience and polishing and packaging their brand story, I can assist them. And oftentimes they are women and men who are over 40 years old and they have achieved a level of success and they are not getting to the next point as easy as they would like. All right. <clears throat> All oh. right. Um, <clears throat> do you, I had to, uh, you know, put on my jacket cause uh, you know, uh, Captain Times Wow told me that, hey, listen, this is what I need to do. So, uh, and I'm, a, I'm I'm one of your students, you know, and I, I I got a lot of value out of of your 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 training and your mentorship and and the whole process. So, Thanks, David. Uh, you were great, you know, and it really takes an individual who's already at a level of success, and they just want to go a little higher in their look, uh, their communications, their structure of their organization. Everyone here today has achieved a great deal of success and they have a wow advantage. And it's just a matter of us um, saying, okay, where are you really trying to go in the next five and 10 years? And how do you polish it so that you can use your expertise and others realize how to find you if you want to be found in that space? Yeah. And how can someone find you? Go to Kathy Times Wow. That's K A T H Y T I M E S Wow.com. And go past the picture uh, with me. It's a big head picture. It wasn't my choice to put it there in a gray suit. And you'll see my calendar with several options. And I would love to talk to individuals. Uh, a, a complimentary consultation. Choose that one. It's 15 minutes. And um, you can book your a time to speak with me on Kathy Times Wow.com. So somebody can, can speak to you for free. For 15 minutes. 15 minutes. And, you know, if they're like, they really are excited and they're ready to roll, I'll talk a little longer and I will give them some uh, free advice. I, I love sharing. Um, that's been a part of my wow advantage throughout my life, mentoring people and assisting others in their journey and helping them understand and tell their story. And if you talk real fast like this, they can get lots of, you know, they can, you can get a lot of stuff done in 15 minutes, boy. You know, hey, <laughs> be, be on it. Be, be on it. 14 minutes, 59 seconds. We good, you know? <laughs> True. But you know, that's the beauty of, um, of working with professionals and professional women, especially because 15 minutes, I do the same thing. I offer 15 minute consultations and for people where, where, who where, are, where can we get that? 
natashapierre.com. Okay. Um, for people like us who are passionate about what we do and we love what we do, we can give you in 15 minutes something that you may go somewhere else and sit a whole day just to receive, but it's because we love what we do. And I have great admiration for both industries. I was pre-law and I also worked as a journalist. So when people are top and experts in their field, those are the people you want to talk to. And clearly that's who Tom and Giselle consulted. Absolutely. And attorney Holland, how can we, someone contact you? My website is hollandfamilyservices.org. And there is a contact link on my, uh, a scheduling link on my contact us page. You can also reach me at my office, 813-602-2989. And we get 15 minutes free with you? Uh, you'll get free, 15 minutes free with someone on my intake team. Um, I'm no longer giving out free consultations, um, but sometimes you do get lucky and you get me on the phone. Okay. So we call 15 times and so just hang up until you answer. That's uh... <laughs> I don't think that's a good use of your energy. <laughs> well, guys, I want to thank you guys for coming on. Um, for all the guys who tried to get in to come up, uh, I apologize. We probably will do something like this again. We'll figure out you know, why you couldn't uh, come up through the chat and um, and get you going. But I, it's been a very, very enlightening for me. And, and, and you know, because I wanted to get another point of view uh, about this topic. And I want to thank you guys for, for spending some time with us and, and, you know, sharing your expertise. Thank you. Well, thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Wait, wait, wait. we got Sylvia back. Um, oh. So... Sylvia, is there anything that you want to say final before we, we we end? I don't know how you're making it back when everyone else can, but I don't know. Go ahead. <laughs> no. <laughs> I had an issue getting back, so no, I have nothing to say at this time. All right. So Sylvia's not Sylvia's gone. By the way, um, I'm joking with Sylvia. Uh, it's all in fun. I, I don't want to, you know, if I offended anyone that we, we have, we're just having fun guys. We just really having fun. All right. Again, thank you guys for coming. Um, I'm going to uh, remove you guys from the, um, from the stream. I'm going to stay on, uh, and do a couple of, uh, Q and A's, uh, and there's some, some people that text me some questions that I'll ask answer, uh, and then we'll run a couple more clips. So if you can stay, that's fine. But I know that, uh, you know, we all busy professionals. And again, thank you for coming on. You're welcome. Bye-bye. All right, guys. So, you know, we had a, we had a very good discussion. Um, there are a couple of questions that were um, texted in to me. So here we go. My team... Will he, the number one question um, in today's poll was, will he retire? Um, yes, he will retire at some point. At some point, he can't do it forever. Uh, and so uh, he is going to, uh, he's going to play this season. And I think that he would probably, depending on how the Bucks end the season, is 
his if he decide that he's going to to do it another season. You know, he has money, guys. He has money. Um, you know, he got has a good co-parenting or seem to have a good co-parenting relationship with his wife, uh, ex-wife. And so the kids are, you know, I, I, we don't know how the kids are, are, are doing, but I'm hoping that they are adjusting well. And, you know, want this season, maybe another season, but I, I think that we're definitely seeing an end to his career. I just hope that he is healthy and continue his career and end it strong. That's why we mentioned Michael Jordan, and Michael Jordan is Michael Jordan because, in part, you know, um, he ended up still being Michael Jordan. And so um, I, I want Tom Brady to be Tom Brady. Like I said, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. All right. Uh, the other question Has the divorce affected his play? Yes. Um, as I mentioned before, but uh, Tom Brady is, um, you know, the Bucks are has has had their worst starting season ever. Is been reported. Um, I didn't ind individually check that, and so the something is going on, uh, and that something could be related to the team. And Tom Brady is the head of the team. It, it is what it is. So, uh, has the divorce affected his play? Most probably. Uh, I'm just speaking my opinion. Uh, let's see. Uh, this is similar uh, question with the Bucks having the worst start ever. Is it Tom Brady's fault? Yes. The uh, now the the quarterback leads the team, and so whether the team is successful or not is the quarterback because the quarterback is the leader. So um, unfortunately, the play of the team always is on the quarterback's shoulder. And Tom Brady is the leader of the team. So, yeah. Okay. Let's see. How has the... I, I think they meant breakup or slash divorce affected local businesses in Tampa Bay. Okay. So one of the, um, how has the, the bucks play? Um, it, I'm going to translate it a little bit. How has his play slash the bucks play affected Tampa Bay? So we actually had a, a, a few people that was going to come on to the show. And unfortunately the link didn't quite happen. Um, that would speak to that. And so we're going to table that because I want them to come up and we'll probably do this again um, from just strictly the uh, the trade and business point of view and have them come up and they talk about uh, are they seeing any drop-offs uh, in their, uh, the people coming in and, and uh, being um, and patronizing their, their establishment. Uh, this is similar. How has the divorce affected business in the Tampa Bay area? So, uh, as I mentioned before, the it, it definitely has. Um, uh, we're going to have something. Some people come up and and speak. You know, 
yes or no, yes or no has if, if it has affected their their business. So, um, Sylvia, I see you're still here. Let's see, and Attorney Hall. Attorney Hall is still here. So um, I'm going to bring Sylvia up. Sylvia, are you there? Yes. I see somehow you're making it in. I I, I, I don't know how. It's uh, an effort. However, I am making it in. Um, I dropped off a few times and tried to get in, and it just let me back. I don't know what I was doing except for uh connecting the link as you you know as what the link that was provided and it let me in so i'm that special individual you special individual okay <laughs> <laughs> all right so um i'm giving my point of view on uh these questions and i'm going to go through again and i'm going to see if you have any different point of view and feel free to come up and I see Attorney Holland is still here. Let me see if she wants to come back on. All right. Um, will he retire? What's your What's your take on that? Are you speaking to Attorney? I'm talking to you, Sylvia. Oh, I'm sorry. No worries. Uh, yeah, she, will he uh, she's not part of the show yet, so okay. I'm checking will, to come back. Will he retire? I I do believe he will retire, but I don't think it would be this season. Um, because I just feel that he's not that type of his mindset isn't uh to quit, mm -hmm. and his obligations are held high. And mm -hmm. I feel that he's going to play it through and not, it, it won't be, it's, it's going to be the best that he can do. And that's, that's what I see. He's going to do the best that he can, mm -hmm. but don't, as an individual looking on, I am not going to measure his performance from last year to this year mm -hmm. because it would be unfair to him. Okay. Um, well, you know that men, that, that's what we do. We, we measure, <laughs> uh, we don't care if it's fair or not. We measure the performance. That's why we keep scores. Exactly. So, uh, so with me, uh, definitely would, we definitely mm -hmm. would compare his stats from this year to last year and try to make some determination. I'm just giving you a, a, a male point of view on that. Oh, I get it. I get it. Mm -hmm. Um, has the divorce okay? The second question I received was Has the divorce affected his play? I said yes. What 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 do you say? Sorry, I'll say yes as well. Okay. Yeah, it has it has, and it's been affecting it a while. I, I'll say what four games back, and you can see it. You 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 can literally see. The way he was, well, the word is performing, and it wasn't that. He wasn't executing, and that's why I said what I said. I just, it's so unfair as far as I'm concerned that you measure from, you know, numbers are one thing, but 
how do you measure emotion? You, you really can't. And that's what's being played. His, his emotions are out there. And mm-hmm. you're, you're saying it for the, for the worst of it. And it, I don't think, frankly, I don't think, I think that he didn't project that he would, that the, uh, the decisions that were being made would have that much of an impact mm-hmm. in his performance mm-hmm. on the field. And he, under, in other words, he underestimated it. Mm-hmm. So I, I think the attorney wants to come back. Let me add her. Are you okay for some to sure. say yes? Sure, I'm still here. Okay. All right. So uh, I'm going to, we are responding to questions that was, we had a bunch of people trying to get in and couldn't. So mm-hmm. my team um, got the top, look like it's the top 15, 14 questions. Um, and they sent them to me and, and we're just answering it. So okay. uh, we kind of just start from the top. We kind of started at and said, um, will he retire? I said, yes. Sylvia said, yes. And you, you say. I don't know what he's going to do. He's going to do something. Maybe. Eventually. Eventually, mm-hmm. something will happen. Mm-hmm. Let's right. wait and see. They're asking us to please wait and see. Okay. All right. Um, has the divorce affected his play? I say yes. Sylvia said yes. You say? I don't know. I, there's so many things that could go into it. Could go into his play. We talked about a lot of them in the show. Um, I would not want to rush to assign causation to the timing of this divorce uh, being meaning anything with regard to his play. I don't know. So my team has sent me a message and basically uh, we've gotten your contact information. We will be putting it out to uh, in, a, in a, the link in the stream as okay. well as in all social media. Okay. All right. Great. Thank you. No worries. All right. Uh, question three: With the Bucks having the worst start ever, is it Tom Brady's fault? I said yes. Sylvia, say. Ooh. <laughs> I don't know. I can't give you an answer because I'm not that well versed with that. I don't. If you have a bad defense, I really don't believe that. It's not part of that fault, right? Yeah, that's that's how I look at it. So I can't mm-hmm. say yes, but I guess to each his own their own opinion. <laughs> yeah. So we, just FYI, we still have people uh, that are trying to get use the link. Uh, somehow, Sylvia made it. Uh, use the link. Just just come on up and and join the show. Um, again, we apologize that you cannot get through the chat room. All right, what say you? What was the question? With the Bucks having the worst start ever, is it Tom's Brady fault? No, um, it's a team effort. Football is a team sport, um, so I think it would be too much to blame, you know, the, the outcome on any one person. Okay, um, how has the the the, it's a typo here, but I'm assuming they say, how has the Brady's divorce affected local business? And and um, I kind of answered that, uh, that we will 
we had a couple of local um, owners come, wanting to come up, uh, but unfortunately we, we couldn't get them up. We're going to probably do another show strictly answering that, that question from, from a business standpoint. But just from what you guys are feeling out there, um, has the Bucks, has the, the, the poor play of the Bucks plus the divorce, has that affected local business in your mind? No, I don't, I don't think so. Probably the poor play will have some effect on ticket sales as, as time goes on. Um, I, I don't know if we'll see a correlation between this one celebrity divorce and future divorces. However, if this is a signal um, to the public that you can get divorced without uh, making a train wreck, then yeah, I hope it does have a big impact. I would love to see more amicable divorces come out of this. That's one thing I really like. And, and Siri, we're going to get to you on the answer on that also. But, you know, they really did it classy. They, they mm -hmm. did it classy. It could have it could have gone the wrong way. I mean, you look at all these other high network individuals, you know, and it's, it's, a, it's a fight. You know, it's a fight. Right. This is a choice. They have chosen to not expose their kids to this drama and this trauma. Um, divorce is one of the um, indicators for adverse childhood experiences, and they have proceeded in a way that is going to minimize that and uh, to the extent that they can control it, minimize the impact on their kids. Sylvia, what's your thought? How has okay. the divorce affect um, the Tampa Bay market? The divorce? Mm-hmm. It has, and it could be, the question could be re restated, has the divorce had an effect on our economy, Tampa Bay? Um, I, I really don't know. I wasn't following that much. Mm -hmm. Okay. I have no um, comment on that. I can, I just commend them. As I said before, I feel that it, it was strategically uh, uh, logically, that, that, that's what the attorney. Uh, that's what process for the two of them after yeah. their own personal inputs were. But all this is, you know, it wasn't publicized. So uh, I do believe that uh, they did it. I have to commend them. They did it well and 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 minimize everything that. Um, how it could have been because it could have been really chaotic and and, and it wasn't. It was it was all right. So everyone clean. in the chat room, type a one if you feel that. Uh, and my team, I want you to 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 text this to me because I'm not receiving the live chats. But type a one if uh, you feel that the divorce, what they're what we're going through now with Tom and Giselle, if it was a setup or not. Um, and uh, and let us know. I, I didn't, you know, um, th there's been a couple of people that said that in this, you know, and so maybe, maybe that is a, something out there. I, I, I didn't even think about that. So that's what's nice about having these live streams and not telling you guys the questions uh, beforehand because you get a, you know, you get that, that guttural reaction, you know, you, you, yeah. you, you can feel it in your gut and then you just have a chance to say that. So, um, okay, let's go to the next question. Uh, this one is just a generic. How do you feel about the divorce? 
Um, I hope that this is the right decision and I hope that they both continue to grow and evolve as people. Um, I think that they've taken each other's well-being and the well-being of their children into account as best they can. I think that they've been very mindful about this. And I know that's one of Giselle Bunchen's initiatives right now. She's very much in the mindful community. Um, I feel good about it. Divorce happens. It's, it's, it's not preventable. It's going to be out there. It's been out there for eons. So, mm -hmm. you know, I think they did it pretty well. Okay, let's see. A couple more. Um, this one's what the business community is saying. So um, you're a businesswoman, a business owner. Mm -hmm. What have you heard about it from a business from the business community? I haven't heard anything yet, but um, I imagine this will be the topic of discussion at my networking group on Thursday. So I'm I'm waiting to hear. Mm-hmm. Actually, I got a text message from a colleague, and she might be calling to talk about it. So, I'll find out. Um, so she saw you on on this on this broadcast on this live stream, and and text you. Perhaps okay. I haven't found out yet. I haven't called her back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've had a bunch of people uh, look at it, and unfortunately, you know, they weren't able to come up. So, oh. and I didn't get their text. So that's why my team has to actually. Um, well, next time. Yeah, for sure. All right. Now we talked a lot about, uh, you know, uh, 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 some people say, well, what is what did women think about it? And I think that we we kind of covered that. Uh, there was a little bit of a divide, a little bit of a divide between my thought and you guys' thoughts, like 180 degrees. But uh, <laughs> just a small, just a small just a, difference. But uh, yeah, it's fair to say that we had a difference of opinion, and, and I thought that was very enlightening um, how we we thought about it. Um, do you does the okay? We t I actually asked this question. Um, in it, this was does it tarnish his legacy? And I've actually asked that um, in inside of that. And your thoughts? Because I asked it to Kathy, but what is your thoughts? I think if anything, it tarnishes. I think this polishes his legacy. Um, we have enough people who are out dragging their business in the public streets and the court of public opinion. And I think that it's, you know, it's a classy move to keep it private and do it this way. Um, he, they definitely have some advisors who are helping them out and they're worth whatever they're paying them. So it, it in your mind, it enhanced his legacy. I do. I do think that um, it's celebrity marriages very rarely go the distance. And so, um, you know, it's not it's never really a surprise when a celebrity couple announces that they're going to uh, that they're going to break up. Um, so the, the fact that they did it, you know, gangster style, like they just moved in complete silence and they're like, we did this. Um, I think it's great. So they moved like a G in lasagna. Yeah, real G's move in silence, like lasagna. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, um, who? Uh, we kind of talked about this, but who gets the house? Um, well, the house is a rental, so nobody gets the house. The house they're building. Oh, the house that Giselle is building? Both of them. Well, Giselle, I think Giselle bought one. 
for 1.2, and then they're building one for at least 17 million and up, I, I would imagine. Oh, I didn't realize that that was a joint venture. I really don't know, um, but there would be a lot of strategic reasons for them to build a family compound because they do have these children in common. Um, so I don't know. I don't know who's going to get that. It might not go to any of them. It's probably going to be owned by a trust. Yeah, that's why I was thinking that uh, most people put it in, in their position, put it in a trust. And so, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. All right. Um, what does the... Um, what does the co-parenting looks like? I mean, I'm not sure if you can answer that. So they're going to be doing what we call long distance parenting. Um, although Miami is only four hours away, it's still four hours away. Um, but if you're going like practically the way that traffic is, if you're going to live more than, you know, 10 or 15 minutes away, you may as well be across the state. Um, they will probably do a fair amount of chartered flights. And then if Tom is going to keep playing, he's not going to be centrally located anyway. So he'll probably just go back to Miami to see the kids or fly them out to various places that fit with their schedule. Um, they'll probably still vacation. Um, they'll probably take some separate vacations. They may do some joint holiday and family events, mm -hmm. but, um, Usually when it's amicable, we see people thinking about the big stuff, like what do we want Christmas to be like? How can we make this easy on all of right. us? You know, right so the if they're building a $17 million compound, there's probably more than one primary bedroom or primary suite in it. Um, it might be a, it might be a family compound. Right. Right. You, you might be right. And, and again, they seem to be cool. So maybe, maybe they do. Yeah. They do. And some people are great business partners and just not good life partners. And if you call it before things get toxic, you can keep your business partner. Good point. And I actually this uh, this last one was um, was basically child support. And I actually that um, mm -hmm. I'll read the question. Giselle is worth 400 million. Will he ha have he Tom Brady have to pay child support? And should he? Is the question. Um, I'm not sure what they've come up with for the arrangement. I'm not sure how they're going to count their overnights and how they're calculating their annual incomes. Um, probably in this case, um, neither one of them actually needs money from the other to take more than enough care of these right. children. Right. So they, they may have even agreed not to exchange child support, which is something that you can do when you divorce amicably. Okay. Well, that was the last question. And again, I thank I thank you for staying for the for overtime. Sure. I know that you said that you only had a uh, you know you can stay only a couple of minutes. And again, thank you. I learned a lot uh, from your your expertise. Again, how would somebody contact you? Um, 813-602-2989 or at Holland Family Services dot org. All right, Holland Family Services. org, and you said that you know they reach out to you. You can kind of, um, you didn't say it was a free consult, but you, you'll get a free fifteen minute call with, with one of my intake specialists so that they can learn about what's going on with you mm -hmm. and figure out if there's anything time sensitive. If there's something time sensitive, like you know a hearing on Thursday, we'll try and squeeze you in if mm -hmm. possible. Mm -hmm. um, and then, but usually we'll book out um, 
you know, a week or two, send out uh, this resource package that I'm working with. It's called Our Family in Two Homes, and it invites you to do your value sorting and your introspection on your own. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty cool. So What's it called again? Our Family, our family in Two Homes. Wow. It's an actual tangible workbook. My office sends it out and you uh, do pages one through 13 on your own. You never have to share this, your notes with anybody. It's your own private journal. And in those first 13 pages, we walk you through like, what is important to you? What do you want to carry into the future? What do you even, what do you want your legacy to be? And Mm -hmm. a lot of people have not thought about it. And it's divorce is a crisis. It's, it's a turning point. It's a good time to take stock and really connect with yourself, um, get out of survival mode and get into thriving mode. And everything's covered by attorney client privilege, right? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right. So they can go there and completely open up to you and, and get to the bottom of it. Absolutely. I, I, when we do the paid consultation, it typically lasts 60 to 90 minutes. And a lot of it is me taking your family history and learning about your bad facts um, the things that you want to keep deep down buried in the way back of the closet. Mm-hmm. Um, but they matter. And they, a lot of time they, those facts will point me to what your interests are so that I can get you, uh, get a client pointed in the direction that they want to go, you know? All right. Again, thank you. Thank you again for coming in. Um, I'm going to drop you off and guys, you know, I, I, I'm getting a bunch of texts. I know that you're trying to get in. You got to click the link. Just click the link and um, we'll bring it right on up. All right. So, uh, uh, again, I want to thank you guys for supplying the questions to me. Thank you for coming out and sharing your thoughts with uh, Tom Brady. As I mentioned, I'm a fan. Um, Love the books. Love uh, him. Uh, I guess... Being a frustrated, not very good athlete, not the pro, and never get, did, and knowing what it the sacrifices and, and physical sacrifices and all of the things that he had to take, he had to to do to get to where he is. Anyone, even in business, if you are, you know, I always have a, a special appreciation for self-made people. You know, self-made billionaire. Look at Elon and and all these others. Jay-Z and, and all these others, people that, that basically did it themselves, first-year generation. I know how difficult that is, how much of a push you have to have to kind of get it going, get the inertia going, which is a different type of push that's needed to keep, once the, the ball is rolling, that's needed to keep it rolling. You have to, it, it really feels like you're just constantly pushing it uphill. And to, to be it universally acknowledged to be the best at anything, the best business person, the, the, the smartest, the, the, the best of whatever field that you're in, the best trash collector. I mean, that, that takes something. And so I appreciate that. And, and as a fan, I wish Tom Brady, I wish the Bucks the best, uh, we just trying to get a little insight here on this show as to what possibly could be going on. No one knows. We know that they, it was a total class act between them. 
Tom and Giselle, it was a class act because none of this stuff was in the streets. It wasn't public until it was done. You know, they move like a G, like in the lasagna. So it was, it was, um, it was really done. And so I hope that the Bucks can can rally and and end up with a really good season, get to the playoffs, and win the Super Bowl. So again, stay grinding, and that's Bulls, but go Bucks. <laughs>